Blog Talk Radio. founder of the show, Lori LeBay, and I welcome you on this Tuesday morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know who Alzheimer's Speaks is, we're an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas and myths attached to memory loss and help people live with this disease with purpose um, and allow them to live fulfilled lives. Together, um, I know that we can help people have a better understanding of the true needs of this disease and to remove the fear and the isolation that so many people suffer with, not just those diagnosed, but their, their family and their friends as well. At our core, we believe collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle. And I know it's working because of all your likes and clicks and shares um, that you have done, not only with Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, but with our resource website, our YouTube channel, our blog, um, our dementia chats, which are webinars that we do twice a month where our experts actually have dementia. Um, because by you sharing, all of all of those resources, um, you have allowed us to be recognized as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare, which is the largest health and wellness organization in the world, and Dr. Oz. And let me tell you, that would not have happened without each of you. So again, if you're listening today, if you wouldn't mind liking and sharing not only the radio page, but go to our website, alzheimerspeaks.com, and share that as well. Share it on your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Google circles, your email, whatever it is, because again, we don't always know who in our circles are struggling with this disease. The more readily available information is for people, the easier it's going to be for them to tap in to grabbing it when they need it. So again, I really, really appreciate um, each of you in terms of your help there. Um, I also want to let you know that here on Alzheimer's Speaks, we want everyone's voice to be heard. So we would love it if you would call into the conversation, if you've got a comment or a question uh, for our guests or myself, at 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. Or you can always utilize the chat box as well. And I will be checking both routinely throughout the show. Now, before I introduce our guest today, and we've got a great conversation, we're going to be talking about creative connections in dementia care. I just want to give a shout out to a few organizations that I don't think everybody knows about. And the first is Alzheimer's Disease International. They are the organization um, of all Alzheimer's associations around the world. And not only there can you find where is the closest association to you, but you're going to find global insights and reports and data that is, I think, extremely helpful. Um, to be able to see what the world is doing as a whole. If you're in Minnesota like I am or in New Mexico, our friends at HealthStar Home Health are doing an amazing job, um, really dementia-specific, have trained their staff as Alzheimer's uh, whispers and are really doing some cool, innovative work in not only helping those diagnosed but helping families um, deal with this disease as well. 
Now, many people have a, a holistic approach, and they're not quite sure where to go. And all, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation is a great place to go. There you can find information on diet and exercise and meditation. Um, many are dealing with specific types of uh, dementia. We mentioned the Alzheimer's Association already, um, but there's also Lewy body dementia and frontal temporal lobe are probably two of the, the most prominent out there that you hear about, and each of them have their own um, national organizations, the Lewy body dementia Association and then the Association for Frontal Temporal Degeneration. Uh, there you're going to be able to find more specific um, for the symptoms that you're dealing with. And um, another uh, issue that, that occurs a lot of times with dementia is uh, speech. And people have a really hard time. Uh, their speech uh, may change. And so the National Aphasia uh, Association can be a great resource. And aphasia is a... In dealing with my own mother in her 30-year journey with dementia, and so I just adore Alzheimer's Music Connect. They just have a wonderful assortment of music, and they have a patent pending um, on <clears throat> on the way that they uh, pull their technology together, which uh, has been noted to help people listen and be kind of more attentive and more engaged. Up to three hours after uh, listening to their music. And it's nothing that you're going to be able to tell any difference to. It's just beautiful, beautiful music. Uh, the Dementia Action Alliance is a new national group that you might want to get involved with, known as DAA. Again, Dementia Action Alliance, they are really all about person-centered care and upping the ante um, with that. Uh, two last that I'm going to mention our puzzle with me and Jiminy Wicket. Um, Jiminy Wicket is an adaptive croquet game and puzzle with me is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Jane Snyder uh, developed a puzzle that is easier for people with dementia to utilize um, bigger pieces, fewer of them, and more adult appropriate. And um, oh, I just forgot Two more I have to mention. Uh, the Purple Angel Project, if you have not heard about that, the Purple Angel Project um, is the new global symbol for dementia. You can go to our About page on alzheimersspeaks.com and just request to be part of that. Just click on the Purple Angel tab. It costs you no money and very little time. And there's, We list also a bunch of different ways that you can utilize that to help raise awareness. Um, the Alzheimer's Foundation of America is also another organization many people don't know about. Uh, it is the second largest um, association, and um, they just have some great, great resources uh, for people living with dementia. So thank you for letting me do that little bit of housekeeping there. Let me go on and introduce our guest today. Um, first, I'm going to introduce Reverend Katie Norris. She is a Unitarian uh, Universalist community minister and co-founder with her father of the Carolyn uh, L. Farrell Foundation for Brain Health. She received her certificate of training in the Montessori-based dementia programming, and she created a Montessori-based art program for people with dementia. She also speaks on topics um, of dementia and mental illness. Um, in order to just, you know, raise awareness and end the stigma. She is the co-author of the book we're going to talk about today called Creative Connections in Dementia Care. Welcome, Reverend Katie. How are you doing? I'm good, Lori. Thank you so much for inviting us today. Well, appreciate you being here. Let me uh, introduce your, your uh, cohort here. And then Great. we'll be off and running. Um, Jennifer has been uh, working for over 20 years to change the face of dementia care in hospitals, assisted living communities, nursing homes, and home care. She's an international speaker and a recognized speech-language pathologist known for her work in the areas of memory, swallowing, 
um, environmental uh, interventions with people with dementia. She served as a principal investigator on applied research grants and has examined issues pertaining to dementia, hearing impairment, dining, um, long-term environment, dysphagia. Uh, um, her research and consulting is in the area of environmental modifications and has resulted in improved functioning for people with dementia. Jennifer offers interactive and educational presentations and coaching that help clients um, bridge that gap between current uh, research findings and care needs of people with dementia. Jennifer is the co-author of four books, Creative Connections, which we're going to talk about today. I Care, which we actually uh, had that book on uh, with, with Carrie Mills uh, a little while back. And then Environment and um, uh, Communication Assessment Toolkit. And the Therapy Technique for Improving Memory, um, Space Retrieval. So thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. It's great to be a part of this. I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about what we do. Well, it's it's wonderful to have you both on. Jennifer, I'm going to start with you. It's always just nice for our audience to know, have you been personally touched by by dementia with family or friends? I have been. I, I've worked in the field now for almost 25 years, so I've I specialize in, in working with people with dementia and have spent my entire career doing so. But I also have two family members that are living with the illness. So I certainly have some personal family experience, and it 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 provides extra information um, than you have if you're only a professional. When you're a caregiver and you... Um, see a loved one changing as they live with the disease, it it definitely gives you a new perspective. I totally agree with that one. Totally, Mm -hmm. totally agree with that one. I'm going to go ahead and just pull Katie in because I'd like to get her her background too. Katie, can you tell our audience, have you been personally touched by the disease? Um, Yeah, and um, so when we talk about it a little bit later, you'll hear a little more, but my mom was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia almost 10 years ago, um, and she died um, in January, And but I also grew up with her um, having an extreme fear of dementia because her mother had it, and so I think, you know, when I was little, it was um, after her mother had died, and my mom had always said, I don't want dementia, it was very scary for her, and I think that was really, you know, her living with it, but also her experience of it 36 years ago with her own mother was really kind of the impetus to for us to find better ways to actually care for people with dementia. Okay. Oh, and um, I forget. So my son and my husband and I lived with my parents for two and a half years to help take care of mom. So we have a lot of experience with her 24-7 in the house. And so that was like Jennifer says, it makes a big difference when you're actually living with somebody and as their care partner. Yeah, very much so. Uh, first, I want to say I'm so sorry for your loss. I, I lost my mom a year ago, February, so um, I know how difficult that is. Um, and I appreciate um, your willingness to kind of take take your knowledge publicly, too, for, bo- for both of you. Um, it's really important. It is very different living with it um, than just being a professional who knows the basic research. Um, just because I think it, you know, comes into play the the emotions of how do you how do you deal with it? How do you survive and thrive on on both parties' um, sides there? So, Katie, why don't we go ahead and start with you? And can you tell us what was your inspiration for the book? My my guess is it was your mom, but um, why don't you you go in a little bit deeper with that? What was what was your inspiration for for you know creating um, creative connections in dementia care? Well, for sure, yes, it definitely was mom. Um, when she was diagnosed, we didn't, of course, know how her illness would progress, and Lewy body dementia wasn't something we knew about before. So that also took a while. Um, and in Lewy body dementia is dementia, dementia with Parkinson's symptoms. So 
that adds a whole nother aspect of when you're looking at activities, just because people can't move their hands um, in the same way or may not be able to move their arms even. So, But when mom got kind of to mid-stage dementia, this is when my husband and son and I were living in the house with them. She was having a hard time doing things she loved, like knitting and cooking and working around the kitchen. So my dad and I became concerned because we knew mom's biggest fear was to be left to sit alone in front of a TV, unable to contribute to the world around her with little contact with family and friends. So dad and I started to look everywhere for activities or support groups for mom, for people who were living at home with dementia, and there weren't any. If you're past your first year or two of diagnosis, there's really nothing for the actual person with dementia. There's lots of stuff for caregivers, um, which we call care partners, but um, nothing really for the person with dementia. So fortunately, dementia care research has progressed since the time of my grandmother, and Dad and I found out how important activities-based dementia care is. So my dad, um, Dr. Charlie Farrell, became trained in Time Slips, which is a really great storytelling program for people with dementia. And then we both got our certification in Montessori-based dementia care. And both of those things helped us not only give mom a meaningful experience and enabled her to do things she loved again, like cooking or even setting the table, but it also helped us communicate with her better. And so dad and I knew that there had to be other families like ours, So because 70% of people with dementia live at home. So that's why we started the Carolyn L. Farrell Foundation for Brain Health, so we could provide the art activities and things we were doing with mom to other people in the community free of charge because, you know, programs are really expensive. We wanted to be able to do this for people. Um, And so our activities just kind of progressed, and then we figured more people would need it, and that's why Jennifer and I wrote the book together. Well, that's wonderful. And And I love that, you know, you had mentioned that they're free because, People are so torn. This disease just rips uh, families apart on so many different levels. But financial is a huge, huge piece. And so for them to be able to participate, um, you know, for free is huge. I know right now in our our own memory cafe, we've got um, people who are looking for, you know, additional activities to be able to um, participate in. And they just, they can't afford them. And it's Mm -hmm. just sad. It's really sad. So again, I I thank you very much for for doing for doing that. You're helping a lot a lot of people there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull Jennifer in now. Jennifer, um, can you tell me? Um, and, I, and what I'm going to do is I think I'll have you both live so that um, let's see if we have any anything else um, that you want to add. You can go ahead and jump in. But Jennifer, for you, what are some of the strengths? Um, that preserve abilities that that you know for people with dementia. What you know? How do you how do you work with some of those strengths um, to really give people purpose? Okay. Well, you know, when most people think of dementia, they automatically think of impaired memory. But memory is really a very complex system, and not all memory systems are equally impaired in Alzheimer's disease. Many people, you know, healthcare professionals and, and families alike, tend to focus on what the person with dementia has lost rather than what's left. Through research, we know that there's a type of memory called non-declarative or procedural memory that's relatively spared long through the course of uh, Alzheimer's disease, and this is a great thing. We can use this system to help compensate for what's lost. So procedural memory is knowing how to do something or knowledge of skills. Once a skill is learned, it's recalled automatically, even if you have dementia. So this type of memory is considered a preserved ability in dementia. It involves motor and perceptual skills and habits, such as brushing our teeth, dressing, um, making music or singing, reading, playing games, hobbies, um, but also creative arts, um, painting, um, dance, music. And so we use all of these very automatic preserved skills in the Creative Connections program to help people be successful. We focus on everything that they have left rather than looking at what they're missing. 
Well, and I think that that's wonderful. I, I um, you know, I, I truly believe in empowering people as well, which I can tell both of both of you feel strongly about. Um, but I also think it's important for us to look at our commonalities instead of our differences. And I think when we start focusing on the losses, that's when we start focusing on the differences, and then we we really disable people um, prematurely. I, I think by doing that. And um, so I, I love that you are are looking for those those strengths. When when people find those types of strengths. Um, what should they do with them? I mean, how how can they how can they amp them up, Jennifer? Well, one thing that's very helpful is to have a routine for the day that's very familiar. It's very expected for people with dementia, and filling their day with a routine or a schedule of all of those things that they do well. So really capitalizing on it letting people repeat activities that they do well. So, for example, if someone still has good motor skills and is able to um, set the table or help wash the dishes or wash fruits and vegetables, then those are things that help give meaning and purpose and are part of our familiar routine that can be built into the daily schedule. So we're always giving them and helping them with things that they can do instead of putting pressure on them and asking them to do things that they can't. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Katie, anything that you wanted to add to that? Um, Yeah, just that, you know, when we work with care partners with Creative Connections, what we're trying to help people know is how to assess the preserved ability. So, For example, you know, my mom loves to cook, and some people might assume that because she cooked her whole life and that was her main hobby, that um, maybe preservability-wise, she might, you know, that might be something that she could still be able to do. And then when she's not able to cook, people just stop having her cook. Um, And instead, what we try to teach people is to figure out how to guide someone through an activity that they used to do, how to break it down into steps, and also how to... Um, find out which parts are the preservability. Mom may not remember how to follow a recipe, but she probably remembers how to stir things and how to pour. Um, And so working with her so that she has and can contribute to the parts of the hobby that she loved where she still can. And so that's what we try and do by using art as an example so people can take that home. Okay. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Jennifer, I'll put this one to you, and then I'll come back to Katie. Um, why did you decide um, to go through the, the Montessori method? That's a great question. You know, most people think of when they think of Montessori, they think of children, and there's a lot of research on activities for people with dementia that discusses the use of the Montessori approach for educating children. The the theories and principles that were developed by Dr. Maria Montessori focus on giving children the opportunity to explore and develop at their own personal level of ability and according to their own unique needs and interests. So she believed that that also that teachers don't really teach. They guide children. They create an environment of order and calm and joy where learning can take place. And so we try and teach people to think of themselves as a guide, helping the person with dementia experience moments of creativity and opportunities for communication. So we use this Montessori philosophy to support um, people with dementia. Okay. Um, Katie, um, anything that you want to add regarding the Montessori method? So, you know, Dad and I picked Montessori because I had gone to Montessori from kindergarten through eighth grade, and then my son was in a Montessori school, and I had learning disabilities, and so for me it was natural. I think before we even heard about Montessori-based dementia care, I was taking mom's recipes and breaking them down into steps and guiding her through them and, um, you know, making things in different 
colors for her so she could tell what she was supposed to be working on um, and making kind of self-correcting cooking recipes for her. And so for me, I just, it made a lot of sense because Montessori, as Jennifer said, really always focuses on abilities and meeting the person where they are. And in dementia care, we focus so much on uh, deficits that, you know, people don't think there are abilities or that there is anywhere to engage. So we try to help people be as independent as possible. And people think that can happen with dementia, but with the Montessori method it can. So we were really excited about that, and it's working really well. Well, and I think that that's so true. You don't see what what you uh, you know what you don't look for, and so if you're not looking for the abilities, and if we're only looking for the deficits and what's changed um, or what's lost, that's all we're going to focus on. And I think it's important that people understand th- that the methods of Montessori, you know, aren't just child specific. Um, they're really good for everybody. Um, in terms of gaining more purpose and in, in being more living more fulfilled in terms of life, and so I, I think that that's great that you're you're bringing out some awareness on that. Um, Jennifer, there are um, Montessori activities for people with dementia that are task related, like you mm-hmm. know arranging flowers and matching um, tasks and things like that. Why why did you guys kind of choose the arts? Uh, well, imagination and emotion are preserved abilities in dementia. So again, we're focusing on those preserved abilities. And so often people with dementia cannot use words to communicate, but art gives all of us a chance to express ourselves. And my mom is an artist. So I learned long, long ago that there are many ways that we can communicate our feelings and our thoughts through art. So this is a the Creative Connections program really allows people to not only build on their preserved motor abilities, but their their feelings and their emotions and their imagination that are preserved as well. Okay. Um, you were because we're hearing so much more um, lately about you know uh, dementia and the arts. I mean, it, there's just so many programs from music and painting to movement um, and plays. I mean, it's 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 just endless. I, I think it's absolutely um, wonderful to to be able to open that door of creativity where there really is no right or wrong. Um, That's right. That's one of the biggest points of the arts is, you know, if, if whatever you do is okay because it's all interpretation, <laughs> you know, into what's beautiful or comfortable uh, for the next person. And I think it puts it puts it in focus not only for the person with dementia, but it puts it in to focus a little bit more for the rest of us around about um, to look to look at the beauty. I um I watched one of the videos that Katie did um mm-hmm. with a, a husband who had dementia and his wife and I just thought it was it was just done so well um for people to really see how to follow the instructions, how to be adaptive and then being able to still create something together and have and have fun um and and come out you know, when I do when I did stuff like that with my mom anyways not only did we um, create something in that moment, but it created a, a, a lasting, lasting memory for me um, mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of that connection. So I, I thought that that was just really, really well done. So um, I'm looking forward to looking at.
Hello? Hi. I, apparently the network failed there, so I so much apologize on that, and I had to call back in. Um, Blog okay. Talk is doing a new system here, and I'm not quite sure what happened, um, but I appreciate you guys are still, are still with us here. <laughs> Uh, I tried their new system, and apparently that network didn't work, so then I went back to my, my old one here. Um, so I apologize. Um, That's okay. So, We're here. Great. Yeah. So, so, Katie, why don't we talk a little bit about what it was like for you to do that video with the, with the artwork uh, with the man with the dementia and his wife. How, how did that feel to be able to complete something like that, to be able to actually show people the techniques? Um, well, I mean, the video was uh, a lot of fun, and I think, you know, when I watched it afterwards, when you're in the moment doing something, you think, oh, maybe I, you know, didn't do it correctly or didn't show correctly how this works, and I think that the the video really showed um, how to do an activity with someone with dementia. When we talk about creative connections, people, it's very hard for them to understand that someone with dementia can create a piece of art that in the end actually looks complicated. Um, and and I think a lot of that is because previously many of the programs for people with dementia don't really break down activities into into steps or, or anything or provide, tell you how to provide an uncluttered environment. I mean, if, if the person has a whole bunch of materials in front of them, they're going to play with them they're, you know, they might get agitated and confused and people can't figure out why activities don't work with people with dementia and then they assume they never will work. And so what I really liked about the video is it shows that we really only had what was needed right in front of us and that when um, Bob didn't follow exactly what I had guided him to do, it didn't matter. You just go with it anyway and modify how you are guiding in order to help them complete the task even better the next time. And so I think that the video, I was really excited because it gave people an understanding of, yes, people with dementia can, you know, follow what somebody else is doing and have a really great time. And the other thing I loved is we really try and ask the person how they're feeling before we do the art and afterwards. And he leaves, like, little smiley faces or frowns, and he picks the dude kind of feeling neutral, not happy. And at the end, he circled the happy face. And people always ask us, how do you know that this is working with somebody with dementia? You know, we're not art therapists. We're not trying to cure dementia through art. And we're just trying to help them have a better quality of life. And you could see that with the video. And so I was really excited about that. Yeah, I thought that was really neat, too, that you you asked for the feeling. Because he was kind of hesitant. Nah, you know, I'm not quite, I'm not quite so sure <laughs> yeah. about all of this. And then I, I also thought it was really interesting because even though you had things very simple, you know, on the table in front, um, you could still see sometimes he could follow the directions, sometimes not. Um, and it was nice to be able to see your reaction where you just kind of go, okay. And, you know, how you changed out the paper so it was easier to see, you know, color-wise. And that, again, it really didn't matter you know if mm-hmm. if the directions were followed exactly or not it wasn't it wasn't a critical piece um but it showed you know how how people can't always follow a really simple task that something that we think is really simple anyways you know that we take for granted and um how how it can be confused and then really sitting back and going okay is this something to get angry about is it something to get upset mm-hmm. about? Is it something that has to be corrected? And, and you know, and most of the times, it, you know, if it's artwork or not, it doesn't. But we feel like it yeah. does. And so I thought it was a really nice, gracious way to really be able to to show that. Um, and that was, that was absolutely wonderful. Um, Jennifer, did you have any other comments that you wanted to add in about the video? I did. Thanks for asking. What I really liked about it is that his wife was participated right along with the activity. So it's not that we are doing an activity to someone <laughs> or mm-hmm. that we're giving them directions that they have to follow. 
but that Katie and the care partner participated with the person and that it was an activity that they could all do together. So it's an activity. The the art projects are something that can be multi-generational. They can be done with friends or spouses, and people of all different abilities can participate together. And that's one thing that I really like about them. Well, you know, that's a, a good comment that you made about doing it together. The the one thing that I hear all the time from from um, couples um, primarily is that, you know, we go to these things and they want us to do a task and um, they have this activity, but typically it's the person, um, it's the care partner or the caregiver um, who does, who, who completes the activity. It's not mm-hmm. set up for the person with dementia. And so, you know, I liked that this wasn't just a, a busy work thing. This was this was really engaging. Um, I also liked that you had the, um, the couple separated because, to me, that just showed the independence then in terms of the project itself because sometimes I think when we're sitting together, um, we take over. Mm-hmm. To try to make it look pretty or or make it look better, and so just even that minor um, physical change, I think, um, allows a more openness sometimes for people because, uh, you know, we still I think as a whole feel like we're being judged and we want it to look good and we want you know and, and what looks good to us looks different to them. And so I think that that's kind of a simple technique, too, in terms of people remembering um, why are we doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about the experience and the process and not about the product. Yeah, and and that's kind of backwards for how we live most of our lives. You know, usually it's kind of that, that end outcome. And so I think it's yeah. a nice lesson. This is not that, about judgment. It's it's about acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you guys have a place where um, artwork is displayed at all um, when you when you have some of these activities um, in a group fashion? Or well, so far we've been people can take their artwork home, and but also we just had our first kind of big fundraiser last Saturday. So what we're trying to do is bring all the art to fundraisers and then you know sell the art at the fundraiser so that we have money to keep making more art for the next year. Uh, so eventually we would love to have a place where they're displayed and we're looking into maybe different churches sometimes have a rotating art shows and so we're kind of trying to coordinate with them and libraries and things to try and get the community to see the art that people can create. So mm-hmm. that's one of our next projects. Okay, wonderful. Well, that would be that would be great because you're seeing more of this type of art kind of on tour. Um, you're hearing a lot more about it, so that would be that would be absolutely wonderful um, to do. Have you ever given any thought? Because uh, I hear people say this all the time, and I haven't seen a lot out there specifically, but um, trying to develop any of the artwork into cards at all, or um, you know, just kind of gift cards. Yeah, so what we just did was I take pictures of the art and then I've gone to Vistaprint and had them print them out as note cards and little packets. And then we also, in the book, tell people how to cut up their uh, larger artwork pieces and that they can make them into cards, which also gives them another activity to do with the person with dementia at another time to try to expand all their options. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, And some of the art projects are is the physical making of a note card that can either yeah. be given to another person for a, a holiday or special occasion or um, a get well card or can be used as a gift or sold in a packet. Um, so we try and give people I- ideas for different uses of the materials that they create. Um, it's nice to give art as a gift. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, Katie, so how how are you seeing how Creative Connections is improving lives for people with dementia and their care partners outside of the 
the world of art itself? So in our weekly programs in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, what we do is we always have the care partners there as a as a couple because we want, you know, we lead the activity, but we want them to also be able to do the activity and see how we lead it, which means the care partner of the person with dementia learns to break tasks down into steps, provide good contrast and lighting, and maintain a non-anxious presence, and meet the person with dementia where they are instead of correcting or instructing them. So then when a care partner couple is at home together and the person with dementia seems to be unable to do something, maybe like brush their teeth, then the care partner knows how to assess that situation and see what steps they need to break down the task into making it more accessible. So, for example, one day my mom just all of a sudden couldn't figure out how to turn the water on in the sink, and so she wasn't brushing her teeth and or washing her hands, um, which she was really uncomfortable with. And so I I could have just assumed she can't do it anymore, but, you know, my mom had always been used to handles that are round and turn, and this was mm-hmm. a different kind, like a lever. So I really just had to break down the steps and kind of do hand-over-hand guiding of how to lift the lever. Um, we washed our hands together so she could watch me. And then I did hand over hand to help her turn it off. And after a while of doing that, then she was able to turn the water on and off and wash her hands by herself and everything for a very long time again. And so that's kind of what we've been seeing people are able to do at home with their oh, loved that's ones. Oh, cool. Translated to the home environment. Yeah. Wonderful. Jennifer, have you seen um, other applications of of how – how this has applied for you know for engaging others and enhancing their lives well when we practice things and repeat the same procedure we get better at doing it so the more that people have success with any of these motor tasks the more they um the better they feel about themselves but it gives them practice that applies to any kind of motor tasks throughout their daily life. So, for instance, we might look at reaching with a paintbrush into a pot of paint or into a cup of water as a simple task, but if somebody's beginning to have visual perceptual problems or range of motion difficulties, that might be something that is hard for them to do. So by giving them practice at doing it in a very safe environment and in an art activity, they may be more likely or more able to practice that and other opportunities during their daily life. So it carries over. It it makes a very nice um, transition um, into virtually any kind of situation. Um, And also when people are participating in art and they're enjoying themselves and they feel good, they tend to be more relaxed. And when we're more relaxed, we're able to communicate better and express our feelings better. And um, I think that gives people confidence as well because many people with dementia struggle on a daily basis to express themselves and make sense of what's going on and um, they're they're used to failing at things. So when they have this opportunity to be successful, I think that boost in their self-confidence definitely carries on out of the art activity into their life. um, I would imagine when there's success like that, too, that the family member or the care partner just kind of beams in terms of of celebrating that. Um, I I know with my mom, I I was just on top of the world with stuff like that. It it just made my day, too. Um, Do you guys experience that as well? Definitely. Giving them successes to celebrate. (laughs) We need to to have, we all need more joy in our life and need to pay more attention to all of those little uh, wonderful things that happen throughout our day and um, caregiving is stressful. So if we can give these little moments of joy, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie? One of, yeah. 
Yeah, go ahead, Katie. Oh, um, well, yeah, I think that um, one of the things is, especially people who are, who for, usually it's people that start coming to our programs are more mid-stage, you know, because they're really starting to see deficits in the home a lot and they don't know what to do with somebody. And I think the first time they see that someone actually created something because they've been, you know, dementia care research has gone far, but getting that information out to the public has not. So people still function in that old idea that people with dementia can't do anything. And when they see that they can, you know, there's just this a relief, I think, and a happiness and an idea of this is this is going to be okay and we can do this and we can get through this together. I, I think that that's very, very true. The, uh, leading by example, being able to show um, that there's engagement, there's hope, there's fun. I, I think one of the biggest things that the disease taught me, which seems kind of backwards, but um, through my mom's disease, she taught me how to play again. You know, because as adults, we take yeah. life so seriously. And it was, it, it, she really taught me to relish in the simplicity um, of life and and that it was okay to be there, that everything didn't have to be fast-paced and big and, and crazy, you know, it, it, and really that the simple pleasures gave me the greatest joy. Um, but as an adult, I kind of got stuck on that fast track and was looking for bigger and better and and you know I lost some of that because I was just moving too fast to even be able to see it um, to even be able to spot it and dementia makes us you know it forces us to slow down because they can't take that kind of pace they can't take that kind of stimulation and it really you know is is as frustrating as it can be originally um, for us to readjust to their new world, it's a huge gift. It's just a massive gift um, because you you get. Anyways, for me, I found that there was so much more joy in my life on a on a simpler level because I was looking for smaller things. I was appreciating and and filled with gratitude for little things that um, I don't want to say didn't matter, but I just. And I always thought I appreciated it, but I didn't appreciate it on the level I do now. You know, it, it really honed in on what is important and what what is joyful and what even what is a connection. Um, and and Katie, I don't know, did you go through any of that? You know, with with your mom or with your life at all? Yeah, I mean, I think. For us, especially when we were living there with our son, um, there was a lot of all three of us learned. You know, we're about 36. My son is 11. And all of us live our life different now and, you know, have different values, I think, than a lot of um, families our age because we saw how mom valued small things in life and we also I think had a much deeper appreciation for people everybody who people don't always act the same but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with them or bad and I think especially for our son that helped him a lot you know my mom had um, visual hallucinations with her dementia and she would get really upset thinking there were bugs in her food now that could have ended up being a huge argument but you know, my son and I would look at her food and look at what does look like a bug in here? What might, or is there a shadow because the fan is spinning? That was another thing that would, you know, have my mom see things that weren't there. And so I think that it also just gave us an appreciation for the differences in people and how cool our brains are. I mean, that, you know, she was seeing things in a different way than we were. It was pretty cool, actually. So I think it changed us a lot. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we don't talk about much is kind of the gifts that are are wrapped in this disease. Yeah. We don't think of illnesses as a gift, but you know, I always tell people and and I'll probably say this till I die that my mom's 30-year journey with dementia is the biggest gift I'll ever receive. Mm-hmm. Living with dementia forces us to change our expectations. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Yep, that's for sure. Yep. And and you realize how out of whack some of your expectations are. 
you know. That's right. Um, and and that, that whole control, you know, we can say expectations or we can say control because a lot of times that's really our end goal and we don't even know it, um, you know. But, but when you are able to live more spontaneous and, and go with the flow, you have the opportunity to learn and listen and see different things that you never would have um, by just letting go and letting things occur naturally instead of trying to kind of keep them in that modified little box, you know, we call home and comfort. And, and you right. can find a, yeah. a, a lot of a lot of comfort um, and a lot more control by letting go, which I, which I found personally was really, you know, kind of backwards. I never thought I would have more control by letting go. But when you let go, you really do have more control because you're not you're not you're not trying to hold on to so many balls in the air anymore, you know, and force them to land or go up when and where you want them to. And um, uh, it brought me a lot more calmness into my life. And I, I wish I would have known um, way back then, you know, the methods of Montessori and um, would have been able to have a book like yours with, you know, the creative connection um, to, to help us through this journey. But I, I wasn't aware of it at that time. Um, well, and needless to say, the book hasn't been wasn't wasn't out then. But um, there were there's so many resources out there today that didn't exist, you know, when I was um, going through this with my own with my own mother. Um, any other um, comments that you that you want to um, you know tell our audience at all? Um, I, I know one of the things that somebody had asked um, shot me an email, and they they did ask and. Um, Katie, I'll throw this one out to you. Um, they had asked, you know, how is the book laid out um, in terms of, of helping people? Can you talk a little bit about how the book is, is laid out and what they could expect? Sure. Um, so the book kind of has two halves. The first half is um, mostly text-based and talks about um, just basic concepts of the dementia care and Montessori methods, so kind of what what is dementia um, and what the environment can do. So we talk about uh, the location of where you do things, how to guide and cue and have even what kind of materials and supplies you need um, and lighting and how big things are and what people can handle, you know, in their hands and uh, and we talk about memory and why we do procedures that we repeat a lot because of um, supporting memory. And we talk a lot about communication in that beginning part because, you know, the art for us is really a way to help people learn to communicate better. So if you're working with somebody and they don't do what you guided them to do, um, to just try and go with them and be with it. So we use a lot of examples in there as well. And we talk a lot about how to offer a choice. Like people have a hard time getting dressed in the morning when you say, what do you want to wear? And then you might end up in an argument. You know, when you learn to present them in an art project with, would you like blue or yellow? Then that translates to home saying, would you like this yellow shirt or this blue shirt? Um, And then the back of the book, 10 different recipes of all the art projects. And they are broken down step by step. So on one of them, the first step is to roll the brayer or a roller in the paint. That's the first step. Most people think that, you know, and people should be able to do that step without saying it's a step, but you actually really need to guide people. So we break it down a lot and talk about how to modify it if if that's too big of a step for the person that you would first demonstrate to them even just lifting up the roller in their hand moving their hand towards the plate with the paint on it. And so we really try to help people learn the concepts so that they can be do this in almost everything that they do. And it's full color in all the recipes in the back. Uh, it tells you how to set up everything. And so it's very much like you can just pick it up and use it. And there's also a huge supply list. So if you got all the supplies, you could do anything that's in the book. Um, and there's also all the assessment tools, too, like, you know, if you want to do it where you ask them how they're feeling beforehand. And because um, we wanted it to be for home use, but also 
Jennifer and I have created a training for care communities and home health agencies and pastoral care groups that if they want to take this into people's homes, they can. So we kind of put all of that together um, in the book to make it as accessible to as many types of care partners as possible. Oh, wonderful. Um, Jennifer, is there anything that you want to add to that? Let me just get you live again here. We're getting a little static on your phone there. Sure. Um, I, I think Katie covered it, but it one thing that I really like is that the art recipes take you through step-by-step, step and they're perforated on heavy paper so they can be torn out of the book if you want and put in a stand or a frame on the table. And so every piece of the project is broken into steps. Everything has a photo with it, and it tells you exactly what you should demonstrate and how to um, ask questions and engage the person and communicate with the person through the whole activity. So it's failure-free for the care partner as well as for the person with dementia. And we have ideas about how to modify the activities, how to, what to do with the art, um, how to organize the supplies so you could develop an art kit so that if you are perhaps um, an activity therapist or um, someone that goes into a variety of homes, you could have a kit with you that you take. Um, this is also a program that can be used very easily in any long-term care community. So there's a lot of uh, ways that you can apply this program. Okay. Do you have, um, are you guys working on any other um, books related to dementia? Uh, well, um, Katie and I are working on an online course about this program that will um, help uh, especially therapists to use this program. Um, and I am working on a book with some colleagues right now about uh, memory. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's great. Now, my understanding is that people can go to either of your websites and um, are able to um, get your information on the book and how they order it. And Katie's website is www.revkatie, and that's K-A-T-I-E, Norris, N-O-R-R-I-S dot com. And for Jennifer, you can go to www.brush, and that's B-R-U-S-H, development, D-E-V-E-L-O-P-M-E-N-T dot com. And you can also um, reach either of these ladies, uh, again, through their website or or purchase uh, a book. Um, which I think is just a just would be fabulous, and and don't forget to share this with others. Uh, I, I think the creative connections in dementia care is going to be a, a a great book that's going to help so many not only families but professionals in terms of how to engage and move forward uh, with things. I'll ask uh, one last time if there's anything else that you've thought of that you'd like to add, Katie. I'll let you go first. Otherwise, we'll go ahead and sign off here. Um, well, I think just two things. One thing about the book and one of the reasons I love working with Jennifer is we seem to have a good combination of uh, she's got lots and lots of solid research, but we both are very much into the inherent worth and dignity of every person, which is really missing in a lot of dementia care. So you read a lot throughout the book about that. It's It's technical yet kind of, you know, spiritual at the same time in some ways, just about maintaining somebody's worth and dignity. And the other thing is that um, the YouTube video that you mentioned, if people go to YouTube and look up Carolyn L. Farrell Foundation, um, you can see the video of me working with Bob and then also a video of his care partner and wife, Luann, talking about how the program has helped them. And those are really two really cool videos that I hope people can watch. Oh, great. And also can thank you so much for having us. Oh, sure. And can they access those through your website at all, or do they need to go to YouTube to uh, the Carol, Carolyn Farrell YouTube channel? So right now um, uh, there are links to the videos both on the Farrell Foundation website, which is F-A-R-R-E-L-L foundation.com, 
And then also on my website, which you noted before, there's links to the videos there. So you can go there or um, you can go to YouTube. Okay, so they can go either way. Okay, sometimes just pointing people in, in different directions gets confusing, so I thought I would just ask that question True, in yeah. case they could pick them up there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today, Katie. Um, Jennifer, any last comments? Just to remind everyone to always see the person, not to be looking for the dementia. And and thank you for having us. I've enjoyed it, and I I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our book. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you guys were here. I'm sorry for the technical difficulty. I'm not quite sure how that's going to turn out with things. So, um, I, again, we'll we'll see uh, how the recording goes. They had two different technologies uh, working here at Blog Talk today. So, again, thank you so much. It was just a, a pleasure to have both of you with us. We had Reverend Katie Norris and Jennifer Brush with us, and we were talking about their new book, Creative Connections in Dementia Care. Great conversation. Thank you both ladies for being with us, and I'm sure we'll be in touch in the future. You'll have to keep me posted on your coming um, ventures. We'd love to love to know more about that. Uh, before I sign off, I just want to highlight a couple of things. Our last show was with Mary Kay Baum, who is living with dementia, and it was a great show. If you haven't listened to it, we talked about the different senses and how her senses have changed and how that impacts her reaction in terms of living with dementia. And it was just fascinating fascinating conversation. So if you haven't listened to that one, I would go back and um and I highly recommend that you do. Next week on the 7th, we're going to have open mic. So, you know, come with any questions or comments that you might have. Our last Dementia Chats was on the 24th, and we discussed loss. We discussed loss on um, multiple levels and, you know, how people um, were dealing with that, how our experts and how their families um, deal with that. And then we also had a discussion on the need for more volunteers volunteers to assist those with dementia um, out in <clears throat> out in the community and how that seems to be a difficult thing to get coordinated. Our next dementia chats, which is where our experts um, our expert panel actually are all living with with dementia will be on April 14th and again there these are free to the public uh it'll be the second uh and the fourth uh Tuesday of each month we start at 3 p.m. Eastern time that's 2 central 1 mountain and noon pacific time 8 o'clock if you're over in London and you can bring any questions or comments we don't have an agenda uh we just have a conversation and go where our community needs to go um all of those are also recorded and so you can tap into those anytime there were also a couple of um Notes that I wanted to make on the blog, um, you can um, see a really just a gorgeous, gorgeous article that I was um, blessed to be featured in. And I just, I, the name of the article I just wrote is Feeling So Blessed. Um, but it was uh, about my work. And uh, to me, it's really about my mom's work because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without her. Um, but just a really beautiful, beautiful article um, that was written. You can find uh, Dementia Chats either on Facebook or via the blog. Same with the radio show. Everything is archived, um, and we do have our own radio page as well that will lead you back um, to this page if if you if you uh, wander away. Um, again, I want to thank everybody for their time today. Um, give a shout-out again to the Purple Angel Project. Again, I would highly recommend that you get involved if you haven't so far. It costs you no time and little money. Um, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to the About page, and click on the Purple Angel tab. Don't forget, if you're looking for an Alzheimer's Association anywhere in the world, you can go to Alzheimer's Disease <clears throat> International and not only find who's closest to you, but get uh, global information and data um, regarding what is going on in the world of dementia. If you are in either Minnesota or New Mexico, uh, check out Health Star Home Health. 
If you're looking for a holistic approach to dementia, look at Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, where you'll find information on diet, exercise, and meditation. And don't forget about the frontal temporal lobe and the Lewy Body Associations on the national level, which can give you a lot of great support if you're dealing with either of those two specifics, um, along with the National Aphasia Association. Um, Puzzle With Me, Jiminy Wicket, and um, Alzheimer's Music Connect are all great engaging tools. And again, I thank you all so much for listening. Have a blessed week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye now. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.